<coughs> good evening everybody there are 49 questions <laughs> i try to answer the questions related to jana uh i think that would take the entire time uh question number 1 is uh, is it possible for a householder who has attained and mastered the first jhana to continue to attain the second third and fourth and practice them on daily basis at home if so how much walking and sitting practice would be needed on a daily basis actually <coughs> uh, how much walking and sitting uh, would be needed depends on individuals we cannot uh, say how much and also depending on how strong the person's attainment is because each jhana Suppose one attains the first jhana, it has the first jhana itself has three levels. The for the for three degrees: positive, comparative, superlative. <laughs> That is when you attain the first jhana, and. Uh, you master it only for short period and then you go to the second and the third and so forth then uh you will lose each of them very quickly if you master it uh, for comparative degree to till high degree through the mastery then it will stay longer uh if you attain it to the highest level master it uh, very thoroughly and then it stays longer and therefore uh your sitting walking time uh, could be shortened because uh, in a very uh, quick sitting over a short sitting you can gain the jhana and if you walk uh, during walking you feel uh, you are getting a uh, little concentration then you, you sit down and quickly you can attain jhana and therefore all depends on individuals uh, mastery of uh, jhana uh, we cannot tell exactly how long each person uh needs to sit and walk to uh, stay with jhana however it is very true even householder can attain these jhanic stages uh, and can maintain uh, they have to frame, maintain the frame of mind of uh, concentration for this reason we recommend people to minimize their activities uh, make their life as simple as possible and do only what is necessary and other times they uh, spend their spiritual practice their meditation practice second question is <clears throat> if i want to continue to master my first jhana what is your suggestion if i cannot be secluded and need to return to my daily normal life uh i think if you cannot find a outside secluded place you can have your own separate room in your house uh so that you will not hear uh, you know tvs or radios or children's uh, uh, play and so forth you don't be disturbed by various activities going on in the house 
So, uh, that is possible if you find a place in your own home. Mm. You said, uh, if I cannot be secluded uh, and need to return my daily normal life, uh, if you cannot uh, be secluded, then it will be very difficult for you to gain, uh, continue your mastery of uh, jhana, because anything, any disturbance can uh, make it difficult for you to attain. Uh, however, if you are an enlightened person, uh, you gain uh, uh, equanimity through uh, unity as opposed to diversity. This is another type of things that you got to remember. You can gain equanimity through diversity as well as unity. That means, diversity means uh, when you uh, expose your senses, exposed to sensory stimuli, through these sensory stimuli you uh, come to know that everything is... Uh, 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 impermanent, unsatisfactory, and selfless, so you gain a degree of equanimity through these various sensory stimuli. That is called equanimity acquired through variety of things. And the equanimity you acquire through unity is when you sit down and meditate and gain concentration, focusing mind only on one object, then you gain concent concentration and develop your equanimity, like in fourth jhana and third jhana. And in addition to that, if you also have attained uh, stream entry, uh, once return at least third level of uh, supramundane attainment, then it is possible for you to um, have uh, various activities and still gain uh, jhana. Uh, one who attains the third level of enlightenment may live household life as a very dedicated, uh, uh, celibate person and yet live household life, that is, attending to daily activities and so forth, but no engagement in uh, uh, sensual pleasures because the mind is so calm, relaxed, person is not interested in any of those things. And such a person can attain jhanas, mundane jhanas, supramundane jhanas, uh, with, without any difficulties, even while various things are going on, because the mind is so strong and powerful, uh, you can gain concentration. Otherwise, you need seclusion. Can you meditate? Uh, can a meditator enter into first jhana absorption without first experiencing nimitta? I think there was uh, there were a couple of questions with uh, nimitta. When I answer this question, assume that I have answered others also related to nimitta. Uh, can a meditator enter into first jhana absorption without first experiencing a nimitta? Uh, nimitta is actually a very tiny little moment of bright light which uh, can disappear very quickly and sometimes you may not notice it. The fact that you don't notice doesn't mean that it doesn't that didn't arise. It arises, but uh, it disappears very quickly. So, however, meditation uh, uh, explanation uh, on meditation explanation of meditation 
even though it is very tiny, it is mentioned as as a step of developing, gaining concentration. Uh, although it is a very brief moment, it is mentioned. Some people don't even notice it because it is so quick. What they notice is when they, att- when they attend jhana, the bright, clear light. And this light... Uh, does not vary from person to person, except when they use a kasina object. If they use blue kasina, the light will appear blue. If they use yellow kasina, light will appear yellow. Uh, if they use uh, red kasina, light will appear red, and so forth. Otherwise, if you use the breath, breath itself does not have any color. So the color you will see would be pure white color. And this nimitta is the sign of uh, concentration. And that arises and passes away very quickly. And some people notice, some people don't notice. Jhanic absorption, I would not use the word absorption. Uh, that also is uh, the term used in English for deep concentration. When you say absorption, uh, you don't... Uh, know anything happening in jhanic stage, jhanic state. Uh, you can get absorbed in, uh, uh, in your thoughts sometimes. When you gain, when you're absorbed in your thoughts, you just are there with totally blank mind, without having anything going on, I mean, you do not, do not notice anything, but you're just uh, focusing mind on the vacant space, making the mind vacant, and uh, you are right there. Jhanic experience is not like that. So, the word absorption, concentration is, absorption actually is not uh, very accurate word for uh, the jhana. As I mentioned, it is also interesting that the word uh, excess concentration and absorption concentration are the uh, commentarial terms, not in uh, text, uh, textual term, uh, text, in text. What we find in text is just using the term attaining jhana. Next question, is it possible to enter first jhana? No, next question. Uh, When using the breath as one's uh, meditation object, uh, what are the learning signs, the counterpart signs, uh, respectively, which lead up to the first jhana? Okay, let me uh, explain... uh, a learning sign and counterpart sign using the breath. <clears throat> learning sign is the, uh, the, the breath itself is a learning sign. That means we learn, we train ourselves to bring our mind to one uh, object. That is called learning sign or training sign. Uh, then you keep focusing mind on the breath again and again and again, you can see the breath becoming subtler and subtler and subtler and subtler. And then eventually, uh, you even don't feel the breath because it has become so subtle. And then you will uh, not have any contact with the breath. And then uh, you remember the 
sensation you had, sensation of the breath you had before you lost it. At that sensation is your memory. You remember that sensation. Sensation, you may even find a point, a place where you experience the sensation. And that point, that place, that sensation would be, would you would remember. And that memory is your counterpart sign. I mentioned when you use kasina, uh, you pay attention to it, keep gazing at it, and close your eyes. When you look at the the, the kasina object, that is your learning sign. The external object is learning sign. When you close your eyes, what you remember is counterpart sign. And then you focus mind on that counterpart sign. Similarly, when you use the breath, the breath itself is your learning sign. Then the memory of touch of breath, sensation of breath is your counterpart sign. And you focus mind your mind on that. Uh, which leads up to first jhana. Then the second part of the question is, can you please describe in detail what we should be focusing on during that period of time between suppression of hindrances and absorption in the first jhana? Uh, That is also a very interesting point. Uh, you suppress, you have been fighting for overcoming your hindrances. When hindrances are gone, before you, before uh, real jhanic factors arise, there is a little space. There's a little space. During that space, you are mind remains on your counterpart sign, whatever it is. Maybe your breath, pure, clean breath, uh, the memory, sensation of your breath. And that is where your mind will be until the jhanic factors begin to develop one by one. And then you gain the jhana. This short period... uh, between uh, uh, overcoming your hindrances and gaining jhana, your mind will be in the counterpart sign. Next question. Either during the retreat I was able to enter... I'm sorry... Earlier during the retreat, I was able to enter and uh, leave jhana with some ease. But the past few days, it has been difficult to become sensitive to joy and ease. Uh, It feels like my mindfulness of the individual sensations of breath is uh, making this difficult. What is your suggestion? I would say if your mindfulness is very sharp and you notice every tiny little thing that is happening in your mind, in your experience, you stay with that. And then, actually that is a very good thing that you should do. And that is why your mindfulness also develops. When you try to gain concentration at certain point, Instead of gaining concentration, your mindfulness becomes very sharp and you begin to notice any tiny little thing that happens. Uh, Rising, falling, changing, impermanence, and uh, very minutest uh, uh, changes you experience. And you stay with that. Then mind settles down and it becomes even stronger, more... uh, uh, powerful to gain concentration. And then, during that time, 
you are focusing mind on the impermanence and so forth, your mindfulness will develop, your equanimity will develop, and you gain good concentration. So that's what I would suggest you to do. Next question, can you talk more about uh, nimitta and uh, samapatti? Uh, Do they function only as a verification that one is in jhana or do they have further roles? Now, Nimitta and Samapatti. Uh, Samapatti is the attainment of uh, uh, jhana. Jhanic attainment itself is called Samapatti. Uh, sometimes it is used uh, Nirodha Samapatti, Mahakaruna Samapatti, uh, and so forth. Mahakaruna Samapatti means attaining the jhana is called Samapatti. That is a different uh, name for the same attainment. And um, uh, and when you are in that state, it's called Samadhi. Uh, even for Nimitta, Nimitta is the same as when you gain jhana. Whether you, gain, whether you use the word jhana or samapatti, nimitta is the same. So the word nimitta doesn't change from by using jhana or samapatti. Now, uh, nimitta or sign of attainment of jhana, attaining jhana uh, doesn't do anything else other than uh, trusting your word, your mind, onto jhana, or nimitta is just like a springboard, you know, to attaining jhana. So that's all it does, nothing else. Next question, can the jhanas help to heal the body? Yes, (coughs) Uh, especially higher jhanas, uh, you may remember reading in Mahaparnibbana uh, Sutta uh, that one day Buddha was very, very sick and uh, he attained uh, jhanas, not of course one jhana, but uh, highest level of jhana. When he was sick, he looks really sick, just like when anybody is sick. When he was sick, Venerable Ananda was so concerned, he worried, and he felt so depressed, disappointed, and he thought that the whole world was coming to an end because Buddha was sick. Next day, Buddha recovered, and he was, you know, shining with brightest radiance on his face, and bodies, even the skin was very shiny, uh, so beautiful, majestic looking. Then Venerable Ananda said, Venerable, say, yesterday you were very sick. I was very much concerned about your health. Today you are very healthy. What did you do? I didn't see you taking any medicine. And Buddha said, this is what I did. I attained the deep concentration, jhana, and cured myself. So, uh, it is possible. I know a friend of mine who was uh, suffering from uh, uh, chickenpox. And uh, and he didn't do anything, any medicine or anything, he just did his meditation. And he recovered. In seven days, 
he was completely recovered and did not have any scar on his face or any part of his body. He's a very old, reverend, very venerable monk. So I know the, the attaining uh, jhanas can really cure certain uh, uh, sicknesses. Uh, next question. Is jhana a natural uh, further development of samatha? If not, what distinguishes jhana from samatha? Uh, samatha is uh, wider terms uh, for tranquility. Uh, the, the meditation, two meditation system, uh, vipassana meditation, and the other is samatha meditation. Samatha practice, vipassana practice. Some people call shamatha in Sanskrit, Pali samatha. Samatha means calming, tranquilizing meditation. That uh, jhana is a part, is, is that attainment. Therefore, uh, samatha is not something different from uh, jhana, although the term is different. Uh, Next question, you mentioned four jhanas. Aren't there nine jhanas? Sure. Uh, nine jhanas according to Abhidhamma, eight jhanas according to sutras. Uh, how how uh, can there be nine jhanas according to Abhidhamma? Abhidhamma tradition... Uh, uh, spell out every jhana separately. Uh, for example, uh, material jhana, there are five material jhanas in according to Abhidhamma. Uh, that is, uh, uh, when you overcome vitakka, you attain the, you, when at the attainment of the first jhana, you have five jhanic factors. Vitakka, vichara, piti, sukha, ekagata. According to Abhidhamma, when you attain the second jhana, you overcome only vitakka. And when you attain the third jhana, you overcome vichara. When you attain the fourth jhana, you overcome joy. When you attain the fourth jhana, you overcome happiness. When you attain the fifth jhana, you have, uh, no, when you attain the third jhana, you attain joy. When you attain the fourth, no, when you attain the first, second jhana, you overcome vitakka. When you attain the, the third jhana, you, you overcome vichara. When you attain the fourth jhana, you overcome joy. When you attain the fifth jhana, you overcome happiness. So, for each jhanic factor, there is one jhana, according to Abhidhamma. Why there are four, five in Abhidhamma? Uh, why they make this uh, uh, spelling out and making it so separate? Uh, because according to Abhidhamma, uh, the practice depends on uh, individual's uh, mental state. Some are very quick in understanding, more intellectual. They can attain the uh, attain. They they need only four jhanas. Uh, some somebody may not be that intellectual. Therefore, that individual needs five jhanas. It is just like um, uh, <clears throat> suppose there are five steps to climb. Uh, somebody like myself will go on step on each step and go on to one step and to the next and next and so forth. Somebody like him, very young, can uh, jump from from 
the ground level to the second step, skipping the first. And then that person will have only four steps. So, a very intellectual person uh, can attain the all attainment in four jhanas, and the less intellectually, more emotional, faith-oriented person will take five steps. So you have five material jhanas and four immaterial jhanas. Whether you are intellectual or not, immaterial jhanas are only four. Why some are called material jhanas, others are immaterial jhanas? <laughs> some are called material jhanas because your object of meditation is something material. The bread, the, the casino objects, and so forth. Something material object you use for gaining concentration. Therefore, that jhana, that attainment is called material jhana attainment. For immaterial jhana, you don't use anything material. You use concepts. For example, infinity of space is a concept. You use as infinity of space. Space is not material. It is, it is just space. Likewise, all the immaterial jhana's objects are immaterial object. So that is why you have nine jhanas, four Monday, four material jhanas, I mean five material jhanas and four immaterial jhanas, according to Abhidhamma, nine. According to Sutra, four material jhanas, four immaterial jhanas, therefore they are called eight. They are called Atta Samapatti. According to Sutra, according to Abhidhamma, Nava Samapatti. Atta means eight, Nava means nine. Next question, you say that we should master the first jhana before moving on. Otherwise we will end up like the cow, lost and not sure how to get back. Are you implying that we can get stuck in jhana? I'm not saying that you get stuck. I'm saying, I mean, not me, I'm the Sutra says that uh, when you are hurry, when you are rushing, uh, you cannot master the first jhana, master the lower jhana before you go to the next. Not you get stuck, if you get stuck, it, uh, it is, uh, you are stagnant. But here, you keep moving because of your impatience, you keep moving and moving, and then you get confused. That is what it means. Next question. Uh, does Nimitta have to be bright white? I, I answered that question. What does it mean if I have a bright orange or sunlight? That's also I have answered. <coughs> Next question. Uh, Portapada asked the Buddha about how the extinction, cessation of higher consciousness uh, perception take place. Does this happen in the ninth jhana? Is uh, extinction the goal of practice? Uh, Uh, nine jhana, uh, according to Abhidhamma, yes, in nine jhana, according to Sutra, eight jhana. <coughs> but uh, you can make it uh, nine jhana even according to Sutra, it is because it is called Sanya Vedita Niroda. Sanya Vedita Niroda Samapati. Sanya Vedita Niroda can attain when you finish your eight uh, four material jhanas, four immaterial jhanas. Or five material jhanas and four immaterial jhanas to make the uh, cessation 
as tent. But normally, uh, the cessation of perceptions and feelings, sanya, vedita, nirodha, is listed at the end of the eighth jhana. But if somebody follows Abhidhamma system, uh, it can happen after the end of ninth jhana, that means making the sanya, vedita, nirodha as tenth jhana. The purpose of jhana is uh, extinction or goal of uh, uh, practice. Goal of practice is extinction not in the material sense or material sense, but in the sense of uh, extinction of greed, hatred, and delusion by attaining supramandane jhanas, supramandane level. In um, mundane jhanas, attainment is not the, the goal of mundane jhanas, attainment is not just cessation. <clears throat> when we call cessation or extinction, uh, we have to be very careful what do we extinct? What do we cease? Uh, what do we annihilate? We annihilate, cease, extinct. Greed, hatred, and delusion. We extinct the fetters and never to return them again. That means we end our samsaric existence. That is what we do when we attain the uh, last stage of enlightenment with jhana, with mundane jhanas or without mundane jhanas. That means we can attain the last stage of enlightenment without mundane jhanas, but we cannot attain the last stage of enlightenment without supramundane jhanas. <coughs> Next question. Does Bhastriya jhana entail predetermining a length of time to stay in jhana? If so, how? Now, you determine to attain it, and uh, uh, when you lose it, you determine to re-attain it. Uh, you can extend the length of attainment uh, after the uh, fourth jhana, because uh, th that also is only up to uh, seven days by attaining the cessation of perceptions and feeling. Before that, you are, even though you determine to stay longer, you cannot stay too long. You will lose it. You may determine to attain for a certain length of time, maybe a couple of hours, but not several days in the uh, any jhana other than cessation of perceptions and feelings. A cessation, when you attain that cessation and perceptions and feeling, you can stay seven days uh, with prior determination. But length of time you uh, predetermine to stay will not be days and days, but a uh, uh, few minutes maybe an hour. I don't actually, uh, I cannot tell ex ex exactly how long, but not more than uh, a day. Then, next question, a uh, lot of retreats, still no jhanic experience. So, a uh, lot of uh, frustration, little happiness, how do I proceed? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you see, if you don't have jhanas, I told you what else you should do. Practice mindfulness. Uh, don't get upset, don't be uh, frustrated. Uh, even if you have little happiness, uh, 
you should keep practicing mindfulness. Uh, you know, I said that there are four types of people. One is called quick attainer, Uggatitanya, the one who has done a lot of homework in previous lives. And uh, so when that person comes to meditation, attainment is very quick. Second is uh, Vipanchitanya, that person will take a little longer than the first one because that person also has done some homework and uh, has done some practice in the past, uh, not as strongly as the first one. Therefore, that person takes a little longer. Third person is called Nyaya, uh, the one who takes still longer time, but that person will attain jhanas in this life one day. And there's another one called Pada Parama, that person will not attain jhanas or enlightenment in this life, but this practice will help the person for attaining some time in future. So, even if you do not attain any jhanas, your practice will not simply be wasted. You will store in your, you know, the, in your account. <laughs> it will come to uh, be of use in future. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. You keep practicing. Next question. Can we temporarily suspend the hindrances by keeping our mind on the breath? Sure. Uh, we temporarily can suspend the hindrances by focusing mind on the breath. Uh, as I mentioned several times, when the mind unites with the breath, mind takes the characteristics of breath. Breath is pure, clean, no hindrance whatsoever, and mind unites with that and stay with that. Uh, that is uh, more temporary than overcoming hindrances uh, as they arise. Uh, so surely you can do it uh, for a short while. Next question. When all six sense doors are extinguished, what remains? <laughs> you know, when, uh, uh, when you say six uh, doors, uh, sense doors are extinguished, uh, the word extinguished, uh, we refer to total cessation of existence. That means no more a person uh, exist here or hereafter. For that, we use the word extinguish or ex extinction or ex extinguish. But if uh, all the senses are temporarily uh, shut down, uh, still the, the person exists. However, if all the senses exist, uh, extinguish and uh, uh, one attains full enlightenment and passes away, the person, that individual's attainment is uh, Nibbana. After attaining Nibbana, surely there's no any more sense uh, to talk about. <coughs> and then people ask, is it not scary? when everybody attains full enlightenment and completely attain Nibbana, what will happen to the world? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if everybody attains enlightenment, would there be anybody to worry about anything? Similarly, 
if you attain full enlightenment, extinguish all your senses, you are the happiest one who to pass away uh, and pass away and uh, attain full uh, nibbana. And therefore, to ask what remains is not a relevant question because nothing remains. If anything remains, then there's a problem. <clears throat> and that is why when one attains the enlightenment, the person declares Vusitam Brahmacharyam Katankaraniyam Naparang Ithathaya I have lived the holy life Katankaraniyam I have done what was to be done Naparang Ithathaya nothing more to be done and that is what will happen when you attain full enlightenment and all the six senses are completely extinguished Now, next question. Uh, I restlessly uh, paged through my notes but couldn't find your discussion of uh, antidotes to restlessness. You first mentioned antidotes to sleepiness followed by greed, doubt and anger but left out restlessness. Should I be worried? <laughs> Actually, restlessness and worry go together. If restlessness is gone, don't have to, nothing is there to worry. Anyway, uh, I said to overcome restlessness, you start counting. When you count, your mind comes to quietness, and concentrated and restlessness and worry fades away. Uh, restlessness and worry is just like a wandering mind, monkey mind. That's what happens when you are restless and full of worries. And that will settle down when you start counting. I mentioned it may not specifically at that particular point uh, and therefore you may insert that to your note. <laughs> uh, when you talk about uh, overcoming the hindrances, do you mean, for example, overcoming the desire or rather overcoming the clinging to the desire or clinging to the aversion, doubt, etc.? Overcoming hindrances... Uh, is overcoming uh, desire, surely. But uh, when you say overcoming clinging to desire, clinging to aversion and doubt and so forth, uh, also uh, a part of uh, hindrances because uh, when you say uh, karma, uh, karma chanda. Chanda means desire. Karma means uh, desire. Uh, chanda means attachment. Karma means desire. Attachment to desire. <coughs> so, uh, so overcoming the clinging to the desire is karma chanda. And therefore, what I mean, I mean all that you have mentioned here, not uh, part of it. Next question. You said uh, we, are we, we can suppress the roots of hindrances such as uh, greed, but is it possible to start to chip away at them so they lessen instead of uh, consoling them away? 
for a few minutes and only to have them come again with just as much force. Uh, when we uh, suppress uh, hindrances, we don't do anything uh, to roots. As I mentioned, roots are the uh, fetters under hindrances. We don't go into removing roots when we overcome hindrances. Hindrances, as I mentioned, are like uh, the little plants above the ground, on the ground. Fetters are like a huge network of roots underground. We don't go underground to remove the roots when we remove the hindrances. Hindrances are just uh, obstacles on our way. We remove them, brush them aside, and move on to gain uh, jhana. But uh, we don't tap onto roots. We do chip away of uh, roots slowly and gradually when we overcome fetters through the practice of deep uh, mindfulness and concentration joined together by attaining uh, stream entry, one's return and so forth by supramanian attainments, we chip off the, the roots. <clears throat> but what we do temporarily for a few minutes is just uh, temporarily suppressing our hindrances, uh, which are the offshoot of uh, fetters. Next question, please explain why the fetters and hindrances are separated into two categories. That also is a good, important question. Uh, fetters bind us to samsara. They, are, they shackle us to samsara. Uh, hindrances are not because uh, we attain, we overcome hindrances and gain jhana. These are all temporary things. We attain jhana, we lose it, and then uh, we re-attain it, and then we lose it, and so forth. It's a, sort of a temporary uh, hide-and-seek kind of game, so to say. But, uh, and therefore they are, uh, they are very easy to tackle. And therefore those, who, those that can be tackled, tackled easily put into one category. And others, fetters, are not as easy to tackle. And therefore they're put into another category. Uh, fetters, uh, of course, are the, the binding factors, binding us to samsara. Uh, although some hindrances are also fetters, but uh, uh, they are more uh, temporary. For this reason, these two are put into two categories. Hindrances, uh, something that uh, we overcome only to attain mundane jhanas. Uh, uh, fetters are put into separate category to overcome and destroy uh, by the attainment of supramundane uh, attainment, to remove them uh, completely, uproot them, and liberate ourselves totally from suffering. Next question. <clears throat> uh, the area in the brain where PT arises feels like it is going to explode. Uh, this has been going on for days and it is uh, getting more intense. What advice do you have? <clears throat> now, uh, actually when, if PT arises, uh, It will not make you 
uh, feel very intense and feel like uh, uh, brain is going to explode. Rather, you begin to feel more and more relaxed and comfortable uh, because next stage is happiness, just before gaining concentration. So, if you you mention, uh, as I understand here, uh, the kind of pity you have is somewhat painful, uh, somewhat scary. That is not real uh, uh, pity. I must uh, I must say. Uh, if the real pity arises, it is not. Uh, you don't feel this kind of feeling. Uh, so I would not say this is uh, pity. Next question: When I am concentrated and relaxed. I often see bright blue light. It uh, stabilizes for a while. This week, however, it has rarely occurred. What does it signify? What should I do with it, if anything? Uh, I think I mentioned that sometimes your concentration is very good, sometimes it is not. Uh, this is what, actually, this is the real uh, uh, classical example of what I explained to you earlier. Sometimes you gain concentration and you feel very comfortable. Sometimes you don't gain. So when you don't gain concentration <coughs> and bright light and so forth, uh, you stay with your mindfulness. Here you say, when I am concentrated and relaxed, I often see bright blue light. It stabilizes for a while. That has happened to you earlier. And that's all right. And you said, this week, however, it has, reason, it, it has uh, rarely occurred. What does it signify? It signifies nothing actually unusual it's a very normal thing, depending on weather, depending on climate, depending on food, depending on your uh, sleep, and depending on various things. Sometimes you gain good concentration, sometimes not. So I would not worry about it. I would rather continue being mindful of uh, unconcentrated state of mind. Uh, as Buddha said, uh, very clearly in Chittanupasana, uh, uh, mindfulness of concentration in Mahasatipattana Sutta and other suttas, samahitang chittang, samahitang chittang tipajanati, asamahitang chittang, asamahitang chittang tipajanati. Be mindful of concentrated mind as concentrated mind. If the mindful concentration is not there, be mindful of unconcentrated state of mind. So when you uh, are relaxed, gain concentration, have uh, bright light, be mindful of it, be aware of it. When you don't have it, whatever else you experience, you might be mindful of that. Uh, another question. I have had sensation of floating in the air and the body... Uh, dissolving with uh, only the breath remaining. Are these significant signs or just phenomenon of meditation? I would say it is just a phenomenon of meditation. This is not something unusual and nothing you have done wrong. Uh, sometimes th people have this experience. So I would not worry about it. Next question. Sometimes suddenly I feel much uh, heat in my body. It is uh, unpleasant and also there are other unpleasant sensations. They clear and uh, 
and things get uh, more pleasant is this part of the purification process. If you get things more pleasant, more clear, definitely it is a, a purification of process, purification of practice, practice of purification. But the feeling of heat in your body uh, also will disappear as the mind becomes calm, relaxed, and mind becomes very clear. Uh, you know, sometimes in meditation you even perspire. Uh, it's all right, that will fade away. As uh, things settle down, uh, all these uh, additional uh, the phenomena that you experience will fade away. I would not worry about it either. So, friends, that's all time I have tonight, and uh, I must end here, and uh, I don't think I will have time uh, to answer the remaining questions. I answered exactly one half the questions. 25 questions out of 49. Uh, little more than one half. I, th- <laughs> I think that's enough. So, uh, I'm glad that you wrote such a nice, uh, uh, interesting questions, and I'm only sorry that I don't have time to answer all of them. Thank you. Good night.